hot off the press, Piers. The Piers Project has teamed up with our dear friend and renowned not-for-profit organisation, Little Dreamers Australia, to produce a brand spanking new podcast. If you've ever wished there was a subject called How to Handle Your Money 101, this is it. The Money Matters podcast is here to demystify the world of money and help young carers take control of their money, one transaction at a time. Tune into the Money Matters podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, or just head straight to the link in this episode's description. Now let's get into this episode. This is the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by The Peers Project. Hello, peers. Welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast. Peers speaking, peers listening. This is a conversation for you. I'm your host, Michelle Akitanor, founder of The Peers Project, millennial entrepreneur, world traveller, podcast expert, and forever your fellow passionate peer. Each week, I invite inspiring millennial entrepreneurs from around the globe to chat with me. No filters, just real talk, peer-to-peer. Together, we unpack what it takes to go your own way and why there's nothing better. As always, thank you for listening. If you enjoy our podcast, please do pass it on. The more peers, the merrier. Dogs, got your attention yet, peers? We're talking all kinds of canine in this episode of the Peers to Peers podcast. Like many of us, Ariane Sackville is young, hardworking and sharp, but that doesn't mean her youth should be wasted in work that does not serve her. While making a segue into the consumer goods sector, Ariane found her daily joy came from her dog, not her job. It was this clear distinction of happiness that led her to create Bell and Bone, an Australian dog food company creating healthier, happier dogs with national success and a recent foray into Asia. In today's episode, Ariane discusses the importance of community, how to step up from setbacks and just how dogs can change your life. For those of you who haven't yet, make sure to take a screenshot of this episode right now, post it to your Instagram story and tag us at The Peers Project so that other peers out there can benefit from the wisdom of these incredible millennial entrepreneurs. Okay, without further ado, hello, Ariane. Ariane, welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast. We're so excited to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm equally, if not more, excited. I love that. Look, you know, you and I recently connected and look, when I looked into you and all the amazing work that you're doing in the consumer goods and the business space, I knew I had to have you come in the show. So I really appreciate you taking the time. My pleasure. Amazing. Great. So look, for those of us who don't know who you are and what you do, tell us a little bit about yourself. So my name is Ariane. I have a dog food business. We specialise in treats and dental sticks for dental health. Bell and Bone is my business and it's all about healthier food. It's about promoting happiness and a better life for dogs through the products we provide. So everything we create 
has been created with the best in the field. I work with all sorts of experts from food technologists to pet nutritionists to vet experts and we make sure everything's nutritionally sound, the quality is amazing and that it's going to provide a better life for the dogs that we give it to. So everything's got purpose. We make everything in Melbourne and we're Australian-owned, so supporting our local community and giving natural, locally sourced ingredients to dogs is a really big value of ours. And, yeah, that's what we do. (laughs) Love it. Oh, I love it. I can't wait to dive a bit deeper into into Bell and Bloom. But before we do, I'd like to start with a question that I've often found to be very insightful and revealing, and that is, what did your parents do? And how has this impacted the choices you've made in your life and in your career so far? I think my parents' careers and who they are as people have really shaped me to be who I am. My mum is a lawyer and she's a super go-getter. She's super tough and very determined. So she has taught me to be brave, to reach for the stars, to go for what I want and don't stop until you get there. And my dad works with children with special needs, so he's very caring and compassionate and he's taught me to be that way as well. And in business, it's really helped me because creating a brand and creating products is all about understanding your customers' needs and having those skills has helped me understand my customers, what they're looking for, listening to their problems to create products that will benefit them, their owners, the dogs, whoever it might be who's <laughs> who's eating the products. Some are, some are human grade, so I've had humans oh, eat well, my products. <laughs> that is for sure. <laughs> yeah, so I guess it's a winning combination from a business perspective, I guess. Mm, mm. It's so interesting. I always love kind of asking those questions initially around, yeah, just around kind of what the background story is from your family. And I often find, yeah, it just does play such a big role. So I guess, you know, take us back, you know, take us back to like Ariane, the early days, you know, what did you love to do as a child? Were you always kind of inquisitive? And when did these things that you've kind of now understand that you took from your parents start to sink in? So me as a child, um... (laughs) You want the good or the bad? <laughs> Everything. <laughs> no, I. so I'm the oldest of five children and I think that that has played a lot into leadership skills and wanting to be the best because I always had youngers to impress or, you know, stand up against, <laughs> show them how it should be done and... But I guess that family situation really grounded me for what has to come in my business. During school, I was a little bit naughty and (laughs) I pushed the boundaries a lot. But I think that even that has now, when I think about it, has translated to what I do in business because I've never been satisfied with the status quo. I've always wanted to take things to the next level or see how far we can push an idea, try and create new rules that make more sense to me, which is what I do day to day in creating a brand 
with such a different proposition from so many other brands in the market, I am rewriting the book and creating my own rules, which I guess when I was young it was perceived as troublemaking, but now it's just creating noise in a different way and hopefully I've matured (laughs) and doing it in a much better way at the moment. (laughs) I mean, I love that, you know, How can we get better at pushing the boundaries? I think, like I said before, understanding your customer at a deeper level than just on the surface is really important. So for an example, I have an amazing community of dog owners who are obsessed with their dogs and want only the best for them. But in getting to talk to them, it's not as simple as that. They don't understand sometimes what is best and they need help in clarifying. Although they're so um, strong and understanding that they want the best, they don't always know what that means. So speaking to my customers and understanding their needs has really shaped my business and what I've created in terms of products and marketing. As an example, my first range that I launched in 2018 are superfood dog treats. And I did a lot of research because I found that people were taking, making their dog's food into their own hands because they wanted more natural ingredients. They wanted to add coconut oil and turmeric and ginger and all these wonderful foods and supplementary ingredients to benefit their dog's diet. So what I did is said, you don't have to do this anymore. I'm going to put them into treats and do it for you because this is what I've learned from what you've said. And I guess pushing the boundaries is about being creative with the information that you've been given and finding a way to do good, to make people's lives better, to make your customers' lives better and hopefully build a business out of it. I think it's, I I love that. I think it's really interesting how, for you, it almost seems like it, maybe it is you've honed the skill now, but it seems like it's come quite naturally to you to do that. You know, for those of us, for our peers out there listening who maybe we're a little bit more shy and, you know, we maybe we have a great business idea or maybe we're just trying to navigate our, you know, kind of through our 20s and into our 30s or whatnot and we're trying to really achieve, but, you know, maybe we don't have that confidence to push the boundaries. Maybe we aren't we aren't asking the right questions. Like what What advice would you give to them? So I don't think it's about asking the right question. I think it's about asking a million questions because eventually one of them or two of them might be right. So something that's really important to me is having a strong network around me and whether that be my parents or my boyfriend or people I work with or friends industry leaders, mentors, it's about creating that network and that bond that surrounds you and leveraging that and leaning on them hard for questions or to cry when things go wrong or, you know, to help get ahead to the next level. Whatever it is that you feel like you need out of your network, build it up so strong that no matter what comes your way, you have something and someone there for you. And I think that that's crucial to business success. No one can do a business alone. It's, <laughs> it's 
even though some people might think they do a lot by themselves, when you stop and think how important your network is, you realise how much you actually need them and treat them well if you want them to be there for you in the hard times. True, true. So I want to dive a bit deeper now into kind of your university days and, you know, perhaps the, one of the first times where you really started to build that network. You know, I saw that you went to Monash Uni here in, here in Melbourne and you did a Bachelor of Business and then I think it was a Master's or a Bachelor of Business Administration after that. Talk to us about, you know, your time in college and, yeah, and I guess when, when was that time for you that you started to really hone in on building your network? Uni was really great for me. Like I said, I was a bit naughty at school, but when I got to uni, something kind of changed and I can't put my finger on the moment or the experience or anything. I just know that I was different and I realised how important success was to me and how hard I needed to work to achieve the goals that I wanted to achieve. So uni was a really big wake-up call. And I learned discipline and I learned to be persistent and to work hard. And it really paid off for me. So I did go to Monash University. And what you may have read is that I was actually awarded a scholarship with Monash and IBM. It was a future leader scholarship. So that was a really big reward for all the work I had put through and the time I'd spent at uni. And I couldn't be prouder about that achievement. It really set me up, I think, professionally because after university I got a job as a sales graduate at Kraft Foods Mondelez International, which was one of the best graduate programs for FMCG and food and consumer goods. So being so dedicated to uni actually put me in front of food and realize, helped me realize how much I love working in it, which I guess has led me then to creating my own food brand. So everything just sort of lined up, but not without a lot of work and a lot of time and dedication to what I wanted to do. I love that you almost knew, I think I'm guessing at the end of your university degrees that, that the food industry was something that you wanted to get into. You know, when did that click for you? When did you, what was the moment that you kind of thought, yeah, like this is cool and I really resonate with this and I actually am really passionate about this and I want to go off and pursue it and work hard to do that? So there's a few things. Firstly, with my scholarship, I interned at IBM and I could barely understand what they were talking about most of the time. (laughs) So... After that, I was like, okay, maybe I should focus on something that I love. (laughs) And that so happened to be food. And then growing, I mean, I always loved food. When I was at Car Foods Mondelez, I used to get, I used to work on brands like Cadbury and Vegemite and Oreo and natural confectionery. So, I mean, how much fun. And then... And then having my own dog and being completely obsessed with him, I guess creating food for him was just the next step to me working in food. I can't imagine working in a different space, whereas before I used to work with some 
unhealthy products, I've just changed that to work with healthy products because I think I resonate a little bit more with treating your body kindly. How can we get more clear on our passion or what we actually want to do? You know, you mentioned that at IBM you were like, as much as it was a phenomenal scholarship, you were like, this isn't really the place for me. You know, what can we do early on to really figure out what what we like to do and I guess what our passion is? I think try before you buy. However, once you buy, it doesn't mean you can't return. So <laughs> you're never stuck. If something does not feel right, you're not stuck that is very important and I think go for everything with as much determination and as hard as you can to give it the best shot to know if you like it or not. But once you know, get the hell out of there. (laughs) (laughs) On to the next. Yeah, I could not agree more. (laughs) I love it. So let's dive now into Bell and Bone. So you've kind of alluded to it throughout the the conversation, but now I want to dive into specifically, you know, where did the idea for Bell and Bone come from and what were the first few steps that you took to really get it off the ground? Bell and Bone, I guess it came out of frustration. The pet food industry is quite an interesting one because there's a lot of mixed messages out there for pet owners to receive it's quite unregulated so there's a lot of players in the market and they put their own spin on what they're trying to sell this can be very confusing for owners and it also means that you're buying food for your dog often without actually understanding what you're giving them so when I was doing this and going through this process as a dog owner I would read the back of pack and sometimes be quite amazed with the ingredients we were buying for our dog, whether it be wheat or sugar or salt-based meals. Knowing a little bit about food like I do, I just knew that this was wrong. So I couldn't bear the thought of giving it to my pets and knew that I had to do something about it. So I didn't want to be a me too business. I didn't want to just create my own views and push them through product. I wanted to really stand out and do this for real and change and disrupt quite a complacent industry in some respects. So I've worked with a bunch of experts, like I mentioned, who are pet nutritionists and vet scientists and food technologists to really create products that are different, that are based on research, that don't contain nasty fillers and sugars and things to cheapen out products so you can profit a bit more. It's quite a different range from anything you might see. So as I said, my superfood range, I was basically giving people the products that they've been looking for However, it required so much education to get off the ground because it was so new and different and I didn't have the network at that stage behind me. So persistence and determination and resilience are crucial to get a new brand off the market. It was a lot of driving from store to store, asking very politely if they'd give me a chance. (laughs) 
<laughs> and attending events, standing there and talking to shoppers about the benefits of the products and why I'm doing this and who I am and going at it bloody hard every single day. And I still do two years later. I have been able to luckily create this amazing community of dog owners who are so invested in their dog's health and believe in Bell and Bone and me and what I'm trying to do that a lot of the selling is done by them because there's no better reference than word of mouth from a happy dog owner, that's for sure. So so it's gotten easier in a way, different in a way, still a lot of work. I mean, my job in growing the business has changed where I talk now to larger accounts as an example and manage the growth at a different scale. I have just launched into Asia as an example, which is a completely different conversation to launching into Australia and how you market the products and how you sell the products and the pricing and what's involved. So I'm forever growing in the business sense, but growing in my capabilities and what I've learned and definitely changing a lot as the business develops. It's just, no, I love hearing this because it is just so true. And I think just around your, you know, your point around you have to stick at it and really push hard. And the, even two, yeah. two and a half years later, you're still pushing hard. You know, it might be slightly easier, but, you know, they often say it doesn't get easier. You just get better, something like that. Um, yeah, so I, guess, I think that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I'm, I'm intrigued to know a little bit about those initial really tough times. You know, the times where you're getting knocked back and you're no one knows who you are and and you're just really fighting this thing. And I think, I mean, at least for me and for so many of our peers out there listening who might be in those early stages, you know, it's that thing of almost self-doubt that constantly pops up. Like, what am I doing? Like, I know there's a need and I'm passionate, but like, when's this thing really going to work out? You know, I guess what what has been your experience with that? Like, talk to us a little bit about the dark side of business. Oh, it's definitely real. Um, <laughs> I don't take the word no lightly. So <laughs> something that someone told me when I was first getting started out, and I think it's forever been true, is that in the beginning the highs are so high and the lows are so low but it starts to level out and it really does. I remember being told no by one person with one store and I'd go home and I'd be so miserable and it would absolutely break my heart or one customer didn't feel satisfied with the product and I thought, oh, maybe I've got to stop making this product (laughs) or something. (laughs) throw the business out but (laughs) but you have to you have to believe in yourself I guess and you have to remind yourself the reason why you're doing this more importantly than anything and you may not get it right every time you may not get a yes every time but as long as you have a goal and a mission that 
is so clear and that you believe in so badly and your customers, your target market believes in it too, you find a way to fix the problems, to change the no's to a yes, you know, give them a break and come back again. <laughs> I mean, my some of my most unsatisfied customers have become my most satisfied customers because you find a way to listen to them and give them what they want. I didn't start where I am now. I started in September 2018 with about 20 stores on my list and now I sell to over 250 stores in Australia and overseas and that's not because I gave up ever. You can feel really bad and take the time to feel bad and then back on the horse and you just have to. I sound really tough, but... No, I love it. (laughs) I would say exactly the same. This emotionless girl, but no, I'm too emotional, which is I think what gets me out of bed every day is that I would crumble if I didn't have something to work towards. So yeah, yeah. you have to. I hear you 100%. Wow. Okay, so... Oh, we could talk forever. We've still got some time, which is great. So I guess I'd love to learn a bit more about the transition. So you talked about those really early days of even just trying to, perhaps even just trying to develop the product and 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 putting and investing in that. And then to trying to get those first 20 stores, you know, was there some something that you, was there anything in particular or any advice you could give on on those first early days to get those 20 stores or even to create that product? I think it's about getting out of your comfort zone, walking into a store and asking for the manager and, hello, I'm Ariane and I have this brand you've never heard of and these products that you know nothing about, do you want to buy them, is a pretty confronting conversation (laughs) week one in business. But, (laughs) I mean, the thing is that it doesn't start Week one in business is not the beginning. That's not where it starts. Week one in business started years before that and developing my product was a year in the making. So when you get there and you've got this finished thing that you're so proud of but also are so unsure about at the same time, you it's it's time to go and sell like for how long can you be developing something (laughs) you know so you know how do you get around it and how do you do it oh you just you just know when the time's right and you pick up your things and you and you go (laughs) there's no option when you've got a business when you're proud of your product when you've created something so new and done something so different, it's time to get it out into the world. People have to see what you have done because being an entrepreneur and creating a brand and creating a point of difference, being different is maybe the hardest part about everything that I do. It is so easy to do a version of the same, but if you want to get noticed, be different and be bold and be proud and jump out of your comfort zone bloody high (laughs) because it's the only way. (laughs) How can we get better at jumping out of our comfort zone? I think it comes back to your network. I mean, I have a lot of faith in 
myself to motivate myself and get out there. But I mean, even before this podcast, I was nervous and, you know, talked about some things with my boyfriend beforehand just to make sure he thought that they were okay and (laughs) it's okay to be insecure (laughs) and not know the answers. Phenomenal person. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, do I sound clever? (laughs) Is that good enough? (laughs) (laughs) But that's it. You always doubt yourself. And I could talk about Bell and Bone and what we've achieved, you know, with my eyes closed for hours, but every day is still something new and something scary and something different. And having your team, although I am a one-woman band technically, I have a team and at different times I lean on different members of my team, but they're there and that's it. No one has a business on their own. I love it. Surround yourself with the right people. I love it. Amazing. Look, I've got a couple more questions for you. I mean, with as we kind of start to wrap up, well, you and I, I honestly, I could hear this for I could hear this for days. I absolutely love this kind of stuff and your business and even just your it's almost as if you just regardless of all the success and and whatnot that's happened for you, it's almost just starting, as you said, each day with those kind of fresh, fresh eyes and those that new perspective and also almost also staying very grounded. I definitely get those grounded vibes from you. And I think that's something that's actually can be quite tough as you start to get bigger and the business starts to do well and people start to know who you are. You know, even that, even just a question on that before I kind of go go through those last few, you know, how can we stay grounded? as we start to elevate? Well, it's perception because (laughs) no matter how much success the business has and no matter how many wins and, you know, there has been a lot of success and quickly and a lot of wins, but I might not be the best person to answer this because I am a person who always wants more and always wants to be bigger and better and succeed in a different way. So when I win, I celebrate the wins and you need to because that's what you're there for. But I have my celebration and I'm like, okay, what's next? And <laughs> and I think having that determination to kick the next goal keeps you grounded because you never feel that's like... True. You're the best. (laughs) You're like, I'm not there yet. Oh, my goodness. No, no, you're never there. (laughs) Never never there. I love it. So those final few questions I've got for you. I guess the first one is what has been your greatest failure and your greatest success to date on, on this entrepreneurial journey? From a failure perspective, it's quite interesting because I think I fail at least once a day. So (laughs) it's just about how much that failure costs you. I don't think failure is the right word because every time I have failed, I've turned it into an opportunity. When I was first developing Bell and Bone, I created my, with the same principles and same ideas, providing superfoods and additional benefit to dogs, I created a product that did not work. It was terrible and <laughs> it, was so, it was so healthy. It was so green, but it made a mess all over the floor. It oh. was 
So everyone I gave the product to to try had green floors and no no one wants a green floor, that's for sure. So so luckily I didn't launch it or pay for creative. (laughs) However, big learning that it's not just about pleasing the dog, it's also about pleasing (laughs) the owner (laughs) and the owner of the house. (laughs) So I guess that was a failure. But on the other hand, it took me to this great opportunity of creating an incredible product range that actually launched into market that I was proud of. So ask a lot of questions is my lesson out of that and get people to try your product. (laughs) Try, try before you buy. Um, No, definitely. So that's a failure, but from a big win, oh, boy, that's really stumped me. Um, For someone who's never satisfied, that's a hard question. Yeah. (laughs) No, I think that... No, my biggest win to date is definitely my latest product launch. It has been absolutely game-changing and has revolutionised both my business and is revolutionising the pet food market. So in March, one week before COVID lockdown, I launched new dental sticks and they are so different from anything that's on the market. Four out of five dogs by the age of three will have gum or dental disease. It's the number one product. It's the number one health issue for dogs. So this product has got active ingredients that are scientifically proven to remove plaque and they're just amazing. Besides that, they're made in Melbourne and they're super healthy. So kangaroo is the first ingredient, which is really different from other dental sticks with no nasties and none of that rubbish that you might find elsewhere. So that product has changed my whole business where it's really purpose-driven my brand and people have caught on to what I'm trying to do so quickly with this range. I couldn't be more proud of the success in a really hard time actually with what's going on in the world but like I said, my community speaks for me and they try and they share honest feedback, that's for sure. So it's been a really lucky and successful time for Bell and & Bone and for me this year, for sure. Oh, we love hearing that. And especially given all of the years and the input and the hard work and all the times where it didn't work out, you know, I think... That's why I kind of love these. That's why I love these kind of conversations because it, it, you know, we really do unpack the fact that it wasn't, you know, that easy kind of ride to the top. It, it, and you know, as you said, there's still a lot more to go. But you know, it is, it is a, a result of your, I guess, ongoing commitment. So it's amazing. Thanks. Amazing. Well, look, Ariane, you know, over the last few years in business, you've really gone from strength strength to strength. You've reached, you know, you've received a lot of recognition for your work. The company's been featured in the likes of Women's Health, Better Homes and Gardens, among many others. What are three key pieces of advice that you'd give to our peers out there listening that you wish you got when you were just starting out? Ask a lot of questions. So that's definitely really important. I think a really good piece of advice I got a little bit later was don't just ask people to try your product. 
ask people to buy your product. And it's a really different thing because getting something for free, everyone loves free stuff, but then asking them to open their wallet is a really different conversation, especially when you don't have branding yet and you're trialing things and you're demanding a premium for your product. (laughs) So getting people to buy your product when you're in testing phase is a really interesting experience because you'll find out honestly why they don't want to buy it. And if they do, you're onto something winning. (laughs) And then my last piece of advice is to just be you. I know that I sometimes say things out of line and I've talked honestly about not being perfect and having these, you know, driving ambitions that some might think is a bit nuts, but you have to embrace who you are and create your story out of who makes you you. And that's who Bell and Bone has become. It's happy and it's healthy, which is all me, but it's the product of hard work and being true to my values about honesty and doing the right thing and being a good person with clear messaging. And it's written all over the pack and it's so obvious that it represents me. So don't be afraid to be who you are. Um, That's really important. Oh, I love it. Look, I just want to take a moment to acknowledge you, Ariane, for all the incredible work you've done and that you're doing for showing us, and I think in particular us women, that we can go after what we want. And although it may take a hell of of a lot of work and a lot of stress and whatnot, we can ultimately kind of achieve for ourselves. And for that, we we really appreciate you. Oh, thank you so much. (laughs) That means a lot. Of course. So our final question is how we finish every episode of the Peers to Peers podcast, and that is, what is the value of pursuing what you're most passionate about? I think for me, the value is satisfaction, which how could I not do this every day? I get to create my own rules. I get to have the cutest little customers in the whole world. They're all fluffy and adorable. (laughs) and wag at me so so I love that I love food I love health I love dogs I love I love my job and to be satisfied I think every day or at least parts of every day can sometimes be rare so having something that means more than money or fame or success or whatever that might be just having a good feeling when I wake up in the morning and excited for my day. That's everything. That's the value. I love it. Ariane, ladies and gentlemen, oh my goodness, we have had a blast. Where can people learn more about you and Bell and Bone? So you can find us at bellandbone.com.au and go to our store locator if you want to shop for us in store but online works as well. Perfect. We'll link them up in the show notes. Amazing. Well, thanks so much again, Ariane. It's been so awesome. And for everyone else listening, we will end with that. Piers, that's a wrap. 
Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the Peers to Peers podcast. We hope you've enjoyed your introduction to our latest guest peer and that you find them as gung-ho as we do, which is our way of saying inspirational. For more, make sure to subscribe to our show on iTunes, Spotify, or any app where podcasts are played and leave us a review. We produce with passion and it doesn't stop here. To see what else we're up to, visit thepeersproject.com or follow us on Instagram at thepeersproject. We'll have fresh, real talk for you next week, peers. Until then, if you need inspiration, look amongst your peers. <laughs>